Thank you, Brother Vi, and sure am glad that we can pray. All right, we're not going to stand tonight. We're going to look at several different passages. Uh, you can start in Psalm 119, uh, 165. Um, so, um, on Sunday, we'll be honoring our veterans, veterans, and sure am thankful for our military. Appreciate Brother Fiavi mentioning that. And look, even, even when governments are wonky and conflicts are going on that we, we shouldn't be involved in in the way that we are, it, it's not the troops on the ground's fault. And, you know, you can have whatever opinions you have. I'm not, I'm not here to debate that. Just we need to be thankful for people who serve in our military and, and just ask God for his help in their life to protect them, to bless them, to use them. And remember that we have believers serving in the military who, who are trying to do the right thing with where they're at. And so we just need to pray for that. But we'll um, be honoring our veterans on Sunday morning. I'm excited about that. Ms. Carrie's got a great gift together uh, for that. Brother Mike um, has one of his ROTC that he teaches um, at CUNA High. They're going to be, the color guard is going to be here again this year. And so excited about that. And we've got one of our members who is going to be in their uniform and going to lead a certain part of that service. So I'm excited about all of that. And there were concerns about, you know, when time changes, you're concerned about whether or not it still fits the same and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, it's no problem. Just make it happen. Hallelujah. It's going to be awesome. Amen. So I'm looking forward to it. Really excited about that and thankful for it. All right. So... Uh, when you see something on Facebook and it's like the, the service won't be live streamed, I'm assuming based on some responses that people automatically get nervous and say, what's wrong? Well, it is possible sometimes that we're not, that there's nothing wrong and we're just not going to live stream a service. And I have to use discernment and, and I don't feel like we're obligated to live stream every service. And, and we don't need to buy into this mentality like we have to live stream everything. No, we don't. <laughs> And, and everything, everything is recorded and accessible, but not everything is going to be live streamed. And so there, there isn't anything wrong. There's just some things that I want to talk through tonight. I'm, I'm really not even preaching. I'm going to give some mindsets. And then I, I got a few issues that I just want to talk through with you that we, we need to tighten up. And, and I could have just sent out an email, but I feel like it'd be better if you can just see my face. And, and at least help in that area. And you're like, sometimes seeing your face makes it harder. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and so if this doesn't go well, next time I'll send an email with a picture of Brad Pitt or something like that. <laughs> or Brother Fiovi smiling and see how that goes. And so anyway, so it, not, any, not anything wrong. I, I do have to deal with some things that, that we, I need to ask for your help in tightening them up. But you understand that we can talk about these things, and it's not, it's not a rebuke at all. It's just, hey, let, let's try to be on the same page. we got to tweak some things a little bit. And if you're, if you're expecting, well, who's going to get blamed? The only person that will ever get blamed from this pulpit when it's just this kind of stuff is going to be me. And so this isn't about, well, got to call them out or them out or that out. And if you're thinking that, that's on you because it's not happening up here. All right, so this is just things that we need to work at together as a family. 
And so the reason I picked Psalm 119, 165, partly because I think the Lord brought it to my mind. I don't want to blame him if I'm wrong. But this is a good verse when you're having family talks. I actually have it memorized. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. <laughs> I thought you said nothing was wrong. Right. Isn't it amazing how offended we can be when nothing's wrong? <laughs> yeah. So th- these, these kind of issues that we're going to talk about, they're, they're not issues of right and wrong. You understand that there's more than one way to do things? And I can't, I, I can't possibly know every possible scenario. I try to, try to be wise, try to get counsel. I, I don't make decisions like this or try to lead us in a direction without getting feedback. Um, but just because there's another way to view it doesn't mean either way is wrong. And we just want to build a culture here where we have reasons why we're doing things and we can be okay even if we would do it a little bit differently. And so I'm just going to give you some mindsets and then uh, just talk through a few issues. Please keep in mind with, the, with these texts that we'll look at, we'll look at four or five, something like that. These aren't things that are just good for these situations that we're going to talk about. These are good for your personal life. This is good stuff. No, look, everybody just needs to relax here, all right? This is good stuff. The Word of God is good stuff. And this, these actually will be some good things that can help you. They have helped me. They've been a conviction to me at different areas of my life. So let's first look at Ecclesiastes. Chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 1. This verse has been a, a challenge to me for a long time in my life. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. That's not a compliment. So sometimes I say that was stinking awesome. But stinking in the Bible is never a good thing. It's not used that often. But when it is here... Um, specifically, it's not a good thing. You can take basically this amazing perfume that just fills the room with this beautiful smell, but if there's one dead fly in it, it can ruin the whole thing. You say, I don't understand. Have you ever been drinking your coffee and then noticed a floaty with wings? How many of you just drink past it? Right, exactly. That's it. Okay, I don't want to know if you do. It's another conversation. Here's the, here's the mindset. Here's the mindset. Okay, so doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. I, I've been very convicted about this many times in my life. I, there is not a problem with having a fun personality. But if you're careless about that, you can be known for a lot of good. But just one wrong misstep can undo a whole lot of good. The mindset is this. A lot of good can be done by a little carelessness. A lot of good can be undone by a little carelessness. That's good all the way around. That's good in the pile home. 
That's good in any other home that you want to talk about. A lot of good can be undone by a little carelessness. You have a testimony, a reputation at work. One misstep can tarnish that. You have, you, you have your children's respect and they're trusting you. One misstep can cause some doubt in their minds. You have your, look, I, I've talked about this very openly with my wife early on in our marriage. And it wasn't some colossal thing, but there was an area I just struggled in. And Andrea said to me one time, and if this level of transparency makes you uncomfortable, I'm sorry. I just want to be real with you. But she said to me, you know, I appreciate that you're trying to apologize. But basically, what's going to mean more to me is if you will just change the behavior. I'm not interested in you just apologizing all the time. I just like for the behavior to change. And it's not that I was known for a lot of bad. I was known for a lot of good. But a little, a little folly can cause the whole thing to stink sometimes. Yeah. It doesn't justify bitterness or resentment. It just means that if I'm not careful, i got to be careful. And it's not demanding. This isn't demanding perfection. It's not some impossible standard. It's just being aware that a lot of good can be undone by a little bit of carelessness. Now look, so we read Psalm 119, 165. Look at Matthew 15. Uh, Matthew 15, verse 26. Jesus is, is preaching, and a woman who was a, a Gentile came to him and said, uh, specifically a Canaanite, in verse 22, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. In verse 23, he answered her not a word. He ignored her. No, she's saying, Jesus, help me. And he ignores her. He just keeps doing what he's doing. The disciples come to him and say, send her away because she keeps talking to us in verse 23. Verse 24, he answered and said, I'm not sent but into the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And so finally, she just gets right in front of him and gets down on her knees and says, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Now, look, if you're not careful, that whole interaction will be so very offensive. But that was the point Jesus was trying to teach. It's how easily we can be offended. It can be distracted from the main thing. So literally, this woman's asking for help, and he initially doesn't respond. Then as a Canaanite, she comes and says, Lord, have mercy. And he says, it's not meat to take the children's bread and to give it to dogs. And you'd say at that point, fine, I don't want what you have to offer. But she understood, I need what only he can give. And Jesus was trying to make a point here. And, and look, you got to get this. He knew how she would respond. This isn't Jesus being a bigot or Jesus being unfair. He's trying to teach the people around him something. And she said, and, and, and I'm, I'm, let me just read it. And she said, truth, Lord, in verse 27, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Okay, any of y'all have canine vacuum cleaners? Look, you don't let your dog eat out of your children's bowl. But... Okay, maybe some of you do. Again, I don't want to know. Just like the fly thing, I don't want to know. It's like old yeller. <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> hey, you don't, you don't do that, but they, they do get the crumbs. And this is what the woman was saying. I don't need to be in their position. I just need something from you. 
here's, here's the point. She was more concerned about having what she needed from God than she was about her personal feelings. If you are offended, here's the mindset. If you're offended, it's because you choose to be. You have to choose to not be offended. Can I, since, since this is free tonight and I'm not preaching, I'm just handing out free advice tonight. If marriage is going to work, you have to choose to not be offended. And when we're doing premarital counseling, we constantly talk about this, Andrea and I do. Choose to believe the best about each other until it's definitively proven. Give each other the benefit of the doubt over and over and over again. And you say, it, it, sometimes it doesn't go well. Right. But sometimes it doesn't go well because we choose to believe the worst about each other. You got to choose to not be offended. Are you going to get hurt? Yeah. Is everything going to be fair? No. You going to always like stuff? No. But choose to not take everything personally. Choose, yeah, thank you, Brother Tom. Choose to not be offended. That not being offended doesn't mean you agree with everything. And you can sit here and say, well, I don't agree with Jesus' approach. You might want to be careful about that. But it's okay to say, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure that I would handle it exactly like that. Right, man, we got freedom of thought and every one of us is to be persuaded in our own mind and, and, and I give an account to God for myself and for the life that he's given me to live and as you do for you. But let's choose to not be offended. And it's okay to be hurt. It's another thing to be offended. And offense, offense, if we can be honest, offense really comes from a place of entitlement. We get offended when our expectations aren't met. And that's where we got to be reminded that Jesus said, I didn't come to be ministered to, but to minister. Basically, I came to be a servant. And if we would be in our marriages that way, if we would be in our schools that way, if we would be in our youth group that way, Man, don't go into youth group with expectation. Well, this is going to be done or I'm going to be bad. No, go into youth group with an attitude. Man, I love my parents. I love my church. I love my youth leaders. And I love the boys, sorry, the young men and the young ladies that I get to be in this youth group with. Choose to not be offended. Yeah, it's good, Philip. Thank you for shaking your head at me. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, um, Ecclesiastes... 9, 10, let me just, actually turn, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 10, let me read Ecclesiastes 9, 10, turn, you turn to 1 Corinthians 10, Ecclesiastes 9, 10 uh, says this, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. The, the point, is, Solomon isn't, doesn't understand resurrection life at this point in all the ways that we understand it. Here's the point he's making. You only get one life to live, so do it well. I read a quote. This, I'm butchering it a little bit. If it's worth redoing, it's worth doing right the first time. <laughs> I like that. Don't live by it like I need to. It's like, I'll fix it later. How about not have to fix it later? <laughs> this <is> novel. <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry. First Corinthians 10 um, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I love this, man. We, we turn serving God into some overly complicated thing. You realize you can do the most basic of things with bringing glory to God in mind? 
Oh, it's amazing. Like literally, I can eat in a way that glorifies God. How? How about with gratitude? How about with a thought outside of your own demands and saying, God, there's a lot of people in this world that don't have access to food. And with every savory bite, I want to thank you for taste buds. I want to thank you for cooks and recipes and people that can do this better than I can. And I want to thank you that you put me in a position to enjoy this. I'm just talking about living a life through the lens of being grateful to God and bringing glory to him even through the simple things. Yeah, man, what's good? Tie your shoes. You say, why? How, how can I do that? God, you know there are people at church that can't tie their shoes. <laughs> I just want to thank you that I can. <laughs> okay, y'all aren't enjoying this right now, so whatever. I'll, I'll move on. Now, now go to chapter 14, and this will be the last verse, and I'll, make, I'll give you this mindset. Verse 40, he's dealing with the idea of speaking in tongues. And remember, the, there's no, there is no tongues that is an unknown language that happens by the Holy Spirit coming on you and causing you to say things that you don't even know what it is. The only biblical tongues is a known language. Either you don't know how to speak it or you're speaking in your language and they're understanding it in their own. Also, by the way, in its context, the purpose of tongues was to the unbelieving Jews of the day. That was the purpose of tongues. And so the Corinthian church, like a lot of believers today, they, they got all focused on these gifts and on being gifted more than being godly. And there's a difference. And so Paul is trying to bring structure to that. And please get this, when you bring structure into something, it restricts liberty and movement sometimes. Okay, so on Sunday, you've seen it before, you're going to see the color guard team under the leadership of Brother Mike. And Brother Mike has done an amazing job with those classes. I've, I've seen it firsthand. It's amazing. Seen it in the things that I've, I've had the privilege to go to. It, and you know Brother Mike. He doesn't mess around with that stuff. And he's, he's not an ogre, but he's not in there for, hey, let's all just play video games and let's just do whatever we want. And on Sunday, you're going to see this color guard team. You're going to be like, that was impressive. You know why it's so impressive? Because movement is restricted to what is best for the unit. It's not, hey, what do I want to do, and what do I get to do, and what do I want? It is, how do we accomplish a goal together? So 1 Corinthians 14, 40, let all things be done decently and in order. God is a God of organization. And I, you say, well, pastor, you have said you're not the most organized all the time. Right, but that doesn't mean I don't try to identify people and structures that can help me. And that, and that can compensate for the areas I'm weak. It doesn't mean I don't try to improve. And I think if you look at my life, you can certainly get my wife to bear testimony of this. Jonathan at 42 is different than Jonathan at 22. And you can just praise the Lord that you got the 42-year-old version and not the 22-year-old version. Because that was trippy. So God wants organization, but organization requires limitations in certain areas. So here are the mindsets. Good for every area of life. A lot of good can be done, undone by a little carelessness. Number two, you have to choose to not be offended. And you can. No, you can choose. Jesus wasn't offended at the cross. So I'm pretty sure I can choose. Doesn't mean I agree. Doesn't mean we don't handle things. But I can choose to not be offended. Number three, 
Organization, God is the God of organization, and structure and organization require the limitation of certain movements for the sake of the overall body. Okay, so I'm just going to talk through a few areas. I literally, I know you can't see this, but I typed it out just to read it. We're going to be done here pretty quick, all right? Uh, Number one, lost and found, you see the uh, hallway. Did anybody notice the hallway? Okay, so all of those things are going to be raptured after tonight. And here's what raptured means in this sense. You won't be able to find them again. You say, well, where are they going to be raptured to? I'm not taking care of it. I've entrusted Brother Adam with the sound of the trumpet for the stuff that's out there. (laughs) I've just told him I don't want to see it anymore. So please go check that stuff out. We really need to do, and this is, again, again, Does everybody understand none of this is meant critical at all? I'm just asking for help. Everything that I'm asking for help in, I have been guilty of and have to check myself in or my own family in. So I'm just talking to you about it. We're going to, we have under the Welcome Center, all of that stuff was crammed under the Welcome Center. And in order for the Welcome Center to function efficiently, it can't get like that. So there's a basket. Once the basket gets full, we're going to lay the stuff out. You're going to have a chance to pick it up. Kids, let me encourage you. Get your stuff. <laughs> and uh, how many of y'all at home have ever been like, okay, if this doesn't get picked up, it's going to be raptured? Anybody ever done that? Yeah? Husbands, how many of you have had, ever had your wives do that to you? And you're still, right now, you're offended right now over that T-shirt. Man, the other day, I got a bone to pick right now. Look, y'all know my socks. I, I, man, I love my socks. And I got a few pair that I love the most. And they started to get some holes in them which isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of use and a sign of strength. And my wife's sitting there folding socks, and she's like, babe, you want to kiss these things goodbye because they are going in the trash. Hallelujah. I'm like, sweetheart, you can't do those to my socks. I'm never going to preach good again. And yet those things are in the trash. And so anyway, there's going to be a rapture of stuff and just help keep it clean. All right, now we're going to get to stuff a little more, a little more sensitive, not, not major, but just a little more serious. Um, we're going we're gonna to have the building rekeyed, and that, that's in preparation for what's coming, but also because key access got way out of control, and that is 100% my fault. Miss June, early on, had a very good process for keeping the keys organized and who had them and how many were out, and then over time, that just slipped, and you say, well, whose fault was it? I told you it was my fault, Okay. But it, it just got to a point now to where it, it can be, not that I think it is, but you have to know who has keys. And just because you come and tithe doesn't mean you get to have a key, okay? My children have access to our house. They don't have a key to our house. All right, well, why don't your kids have a key to our house? Because I don't trust all of them to have a key to our house. <laughs> like, why are you trying to get into my house when I'm not there? <laughs> okay, sorry, anyway. That's not the parallel I wanted to make. I'm just having a good time right now. Um, so that is going to get really, really, really restricted. Um, Brother Adam and Miss Carrie are going to communicate with the people that need keys. And if you have questions, you can, you can come, obviously, talk to one of them or talk to me. But there has to be a balance between convenience and security. And, and I think everybody would understand that. And, no, and nobody in their right mind would say, 
yeah, just because, Pastor, you come and hang out at my house, that means I'm going to give you a key. Or just because, I mean, you can trust a lot of people. Just because you trust a lot of people doesn't mean everybody can have a key. You You understand that that could become a dilemma. And so over time, and if you are looking for a person, like, well, I need to know whose fault it is. If you're looking for a person, that person's right here. Just things happen, and so you can look to me for that. But now that I am aware of where it's at, it needs to be, it needs to be restricted and gotten under control. So that's going to happen pretty quick. And, and the best way for you to work through this is to just assume if I'm not communicated with, it means I'm not getting a key right now. That's what it means. And there will be, if you're a part of a ministry that utilizes keys, there will be communication about how that happens. Um, one of the concerns that I've tried to work through is Sunday school rooms. I know there have been times when Sunday school rooms have not been unlocked like they need to be. And to the teachers, I apologize for that. That has been corrected, and, and, that, and if that continues to happen, I need you to let me know. But we, I believe we have that resolved, and so that won't happen um, the cleaning team access is obviously a concern, and I'm going to be working with Miss Lindsay. We have a plan uh, for that as well, but we really have to get this under control. And so the keys, very, very soon, the old keys aren't going to work. And, and I hope you can appreciate that we're trying to do this out of a place of safety. It's not an issue of trust. We just have to have accountability and awareness and safety. So that's, that's number one. Number two uh, the foyer during services. The foyer is for fellowship before and after services, not during. Um, sometimes there are reasons to step into the foyer. Sometimes there are reasons to stay in the foyer. And it's not my responsibility to assess or judge all of those situations. But it is, it is an issue if what's going on in the foyer is competing with what's going on in the sanctuary. That is, that is, everything that's happening during a service needs to contribute to the overall productivity of the service and honoring God and helping people know God. And so we're going to do our best to make sure that the, that the volume in the foyer is turned up loud enough that if you're in the foyer that you're there for some reason you couldn't avoid, but it's, it's there to, you're, you're still going to kind of tune into the, tune into the services and then Brother Andrew Patton does a great job with our ushers. I'm so thankful for that. We're developing that and expanding that. Brother Jeff does a great job with safety team. And those guys do a great job taking that ministry seriously. And please notice that I said it's a ministry. They're not out here bouncing around playing. They are, they are doing a job that is very, very vital to the life of this church. And so them being out there isn't a reason for everybody else to be out there. And you're like, well, I just wanted to hang out. Well, that's not, that's not what it's for. And, and so we, we want to make sure that everybody is on the same page. And you're like, well, I j- just sometimes I have to take my child out there and we end up sitting out there. I'm not, I'm not criticizing those things. We just want to guard against developing a habit of something that should be an exception and not the rule. And so if you're on the safety team, be on the safety team. Working in kids' ministry, being in here, but we, we need to make the normal practice being engaged in what's going on. And I'm just going to ask you to encourage each other and hold each other accountable. If you have to be out in the foyer, still be engaged with what's going on in here. Don't go to the foyer to talk. We really don't need to be doing that. We need to be focused in on what's happening in here. Um, number three, last thing. Everybody okay? Sweet. 
Um, the cleaning closet um, is, let me, let me tell you a real quick story. I've noticed, I've noticed a couple of areas where we do it one way for one thing and, and then a different way for another thing, and it's creating some challenges, and it's just some inconsistencies on my part. And, and again, my fault. I, I asked the teachers this past Sunday, we made a change. Um, we have the windows and the doors, and, and the teachers, because, because of direction that ultimately came from me, they were, some of them were dropping the curtains, and then Andrea on the doors, just for safety reasons, and then Andrea was reminding me, well, parents can come by and look into the nursery anytime, and we don't want to have a church that is hiding anything going on with anybody's kids. Now, we always have two adults in there, but it was a security measure. It was a safety measure, and so we're just looking at all these things and trying to be consistent. Those curtains always need to be up. You say, you say, why? Because parents need to be able to look in and see, hey, the kids are okay. Everything's good. But a guest parent comes in. Look, I know, I know Andrew and Chelsea are fine. But if a guest comes in and they're like, hey, Brother Andrew, can I go see how, what's going on with my kids? It ought to be zero problem for them to visibly put their eyes on their kids. Okay. Okay, so kind of the same idea. Got to be consistent. Um, the, the cleaning closet has been locked for a long time. But then what we run into is we have so many people trying to take initiative and then they can't get access to it. And so I start, you know, people bring it to my attention. I start thinking about it. Uh, when we were remodeling the sound booth, it was, it, the, the idea came up, should we put a door in with the lock on it? And the answer was no. And I shared the reason with you. We are not going to childproof this church we are going to church-proof our children. Meaning what? Meaning we can train our kids to behave a certain way. And I understand, you know, you got chemicals back there. But, but honestly, those things are kept in a place and in a way it's going to take a whole lot of work to get into that stuff. And I, I ran this by Miss Lindsay. Again, she, she leads the cleaning ministry. Miss June before her, both of them do a great job. Just want to make sure I'm thinking about all these things the right way. But that closet, we got to change the knob on it, but that closet's going to be unlocked. And so you say, what does that mean? Um, Michael Razumov, uh, his daughter Sophie, the other, the other day after a service, there was a balloon up here. And she, she's like, Pastor, can you go get that balloon? And I knew what was happening, but she stood right there and she's like, can you get that balloon for me? I said, why, why can't you get it? She says, because I'm not allowed on the platform. Is she five? Yeah. And like, you can, you can teach children boundaries. I mean, we teach them boundaries out front. We, we're trying to teach them boundaries with the basketball goal and the canal and all of that. We, we teach them boundaries. And so the closet just needs to be a boundary. And look, if, if Jackson Pyle is opening up the cleaning closet and Brother Murphy's out there doing the safety tour and, and, and he sees Jackson and he's like, he has a, not a right, he has a responsibility to say, uh, adolescent. <laughs> what are you doing in there? Uh, 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 uh. You know what, I'm not going to be offended that he would talk to my kid. Yeah. Protected. I hope you can see the overlap, how these kind of mindsets can help us in every single way of church life here. And, and so that's going to be unlocked. And, and there, there might be more things that, that are coming. Those are, those are just kind of the main things that I, I really got convicted about that we, need, that we need to address. And again, I could have sent it in an email, but I just, 
I just felt like I needed to talk to you. Again, the point is to be accessible. you like, hey, I need clarification on this. Ask. You get clarification. I can't promise I ha- um, you'll like all the clarification, but I'll do my very best to clarify anything that you need to be clarified. Talk to Brother Adam. Talk to Miss Carrie. They'd be happy to do the same. But, but just at the heart of it is a desire to honor God and to take care of what we have and to do it to the best of our ability. Man, we, we, have, a, we have a mess that gets made and then someone sees it and they're like, I want to help clean that up. And then they go to the closet, but they can't get in because they don't have a key. Or, you know, we, we have a situation come up where uh, we need people to be paying attention, but there's distraction, unnecessary distraction going on in the foyer, just all kinds of things that we're trying to limit and just do our best here. So I love you. Thanks for dealing, just putting up with it tonight. So let's all stand together. God, sure I'm glad that I get to have a church family, that I get to be a part of a church family. I have it, not in the sense that I own this. I have it in the sense that I belong to it. And I understand this was a very unconventional service uh, from what we're accustomed to, but Lord, just trying to be sensitive to you. I love my brothers and sisters, and I pray that they would receive the just the information, really all it is is information, but they would receive the encouragement with it. And then even make application, God, to their own personal life with these mindsets and that we would grow and that we would continue to work at building a culture here that honors Christ and that cares about people. Lord, I love you. Thank you for being so good to us in Jesus' name, amen. Brother Nate, let's sing a song and you are dismissed.